You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 120. Something you can listen to us wherever you get your NFC East blog podcast across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch us on the Buddy Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. I say us. He is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. I am Arjo Choa of Blog and the Boys. BLG, happy training camp week to you, my friend. 121 is the volume we are on, RJ, and it's a great time to be alive. Training camp is pretty much back in gear. I think for almost everyone, Eagles players are reporting today as we're recording this July 25th. I'll be out there at the NovaCare Complex on Wednesday, July 26th. This episode is dropping. So excited to be back. I think for some people who maybe don't necessarily live it every day, which a lot of our listeners do, um, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, training camp. What's that really mean? It's like it's the start of the season. <laughs> it starts here and it runs through basically the Super Bowl. So here we go. Yeah, um, it, it is like, especially for you and I, like in our, our literal jobs, like this is like the normal grind. There's, you know, we don't have the like the rhyme and rhythm of the schedule. You know, like you, you know, we've talked about that before. Like you kind of fall into a pace like every Monday and Tuesday, like Tuesday's power rankings day or whatever. Um, but um, but yeah, so it's nice to kind of be back and operational. Uh, Cowboys players, uh, veterans have to report today, the day we're recording this Tuesday. So we're still on Zach Martin watch over at Block on the Boys. Um, the mm. Cowboys are actually scheduled to have their annual um, kind of State of the Union address prior to training camp, um, right right as you and I are going to end recording this. So I can go do that. Um, I will be out in California. I'm leaving this Sunday. Um, what is that? July the 30th. And I'll be returning back on Saturday, August the 5th. I'll mm. be out there with my friends from San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, I'll be live on the radio every day from 10 to 12 Pacific. So we'll have links and stuff like that if you want to listen. We'll have guests and stuff. And um, obviously, BLG and I will um, we'll, you know, cobble together a mixtape when we get out there. Um, mm. It's a fun time. It's a stressful time. But it's all good stuff. Um, did you have something? You should have, have me as like- a guest. You should have me call in and I can check in. I can tell you what's going on at Eagles camp um well we will literally do that on the mixtape like that's literally the point of that um mm. so i mean yeah whatever um wow. today Not invited uh, is what i heard today is uh the culmination of our all-star groups we're going to put together some all-star specialists uh for the nfc east we're going to assemble the coaching staff i'm sure we're going to argue um maybe not as vehemently as we did in our text group with uh with rob stats guerrera you and i were, were having uh, a bit of a spirited conversation on monday season's uh, getting but, started we're ready we're, yeah we're i know it was it was actually like oddly comforting. Uh, I, I don't know if you felt that yeah, way. It's healthy. Um, it's healthy. I did, you have to. I did want to share one thing with you before we started. Um, so this is a terrible thing for both the podcast and the video audience. Um, but can you take a look at what I just slacked you? The I'm video looking at can, right now. Can you tell me if that reminds you of anything? My center fielder. It's a Astros tweet. I actually really like these Astros uniforms, by the way. Oh, the really, Space City ones? But, so, yeah, that's pretty um, cool. I have to give them credit the, for that. 
So this is a video of Chaz McCormick. He hit a three-run home run on Monday night to tie the game that the Astros eventually won against the Texas Rangers. Uh, mm-hmm. But does that dance remind you of anything that, that Chaz no, is doing? It doesn't. And a lot of Cowboys fans aren't Astros fans necessarily. Right. So. Well, I, well, I, this I, this is um I wouldn't say like placating the Eagles fans, but so I don't know if you remember this from the World Series where, where the Astros beat the Phillies. But Chaz is from uh like I don't know if he's from Philly, uh, but he's from like the Pennsylvania area, and I yeah, did not I know like Westchester. It's a little west of Philly. So I did not know that he was um, – I mean, it makes sense, but I did not know that he was an Eagles fan. So he was the player um, that AT&T Sports Day interviewed after the game, and uh, the reporter, Julia Morales, she asked him about the dance because that's kind of like his thing, like doing dances and stuff like that. And he said, yeah, Miles Sanders did that in the NFC Championship game. Nice. And, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like I was not expecting um, – you know, and, and he kind of was like, I'm trying to – I was trying to like do my best impersonation. And then she asked him a couple more questions, and at the end, he, he of course, dropped a Go Birds. Uh, so I was not expecting um, oh. just a, a casual Go Birds when I was watching the Astros beat the Rangers on Monday night. All of your favorite sports people are actually Eagle fans, so that's fine. Um, no, that's not true. Anyway, uh, let's um, go ahead. Actually, before we do our all-star culmination, you know, bow on top, cherry on top, whatever, uh, we have some, I guess, news uh, relative to the NFC East. Um, yeah. T- Tuesday morning, the day we're recording this, um, Saquon Barkley agreed to terms. Um, I mean, I why? Guess. So I- I've <laughs> why had is very, he doing this? I've had a very busy morning. So correct me if you've seen some tinier details. Um, so Saquon, by the way, it was like a, a deal that they agreed to with the Giants. I did not recognize or understand that the franchise tag could be like amended. <laughs> that like mm-hmm. there could be anything added to this. Um, so he effectively signed his franchise tag with. What, about a, a million dollars, not quite literally in incentives um, that are partly tied to the success of the Giants, which he doesn't have full and total control over. Um, and um, he did not even get any sort of provision that he could not be tagged next offseason. Like this seems like a full and total, like great teammate move, I guess, being back. But like this is a full and total L for the like running back movement that we've seen kind of try to, to you know, run up since uh, the franchise tag deadline passed. Saquon was out here on a podcast recently talking about, like, I could just say F my teammates and F the team or whatever. And then he he does this. Like, what did he get? He got, so this is exactly what he got. Um, One year fully guaranteed at 10.1 million. That's what the tag originally was. But he also got, what, a 2 million upfront signing bonus. Okay, whatever. Uh, And up to 1 million incentives with an equal amount paid for 1,300 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, and 65 reception. Big time numbers there. Like, I just... I mean, this is a win for the team. Absolutely. Like, like they're getting Saquon back, which is what they needed and what they wanted. And they really didn't have to concede much at all. Like, this is a big L for Saquon. I agree. Um, now, I talked about the running back market situation like everybody has, but with J.P. Acosta on this week's episode of Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation NFL show. And, I mean, my position, and I think yours and, like, the collectives has been, like, he, he has really no choice. Like, it's, it's you know, it sucks for Saquon and Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard and this. Like, if, if you view sucks, like, relative to, like, getting a long-term contract, um, but, like, Given the context of the situation, like signing the tag is is probably like the best case scenario. That's why I think Tony Pollard did it. I think mm. the reason this looks like an L is because of what you said. Saquon was out here trying to be like yeah. the hero and the leader of the like resistance only to like cross the picket line, proverbially speaking, like right away. <laughs> like, yeah, and why? He didn't like, even miss a single practice. That's what I mean. Like, why couldn't you make them sweat it out a little bit more? I think like maybe that doesn't gain anything, but why not? 
Like, why not to show up to camp and hold in, you know, as opposed to the holdout and like make them a little bit nervous about it. And maybe like you give yourself a little bit more leverage. Maybe you could get something more out of it. Like, it just doesn't seem like he got anything that was worth jumping at. But uh, hey, it's good news for the Giants. So I guess good for them. Um, last thing, um, I don't think we should address this because it will very likely change um, one way or another before this episode goes out. But after last week's episode went out was the Zach Martin news about yeah. how he is considering holding out or holding in, um, you know, obviously at the beginning of camp. Mm. Um, so the Cowboys veterans are mandated a report today, the day we're recording this. That's why, like, I don't want to dive too deep here. I would just encourage people to head to blog on the boys. Um, if he holds out or if he's missing or if he's holding in, obviously not ideal. I would guess one way or another this winds up or this ends with Zach Martin getting paid by the Cowboys. It would seem so. They have to, right? <laughs> What's the alternative there? You're not going to make him happy. Um, and Zach Martin certainly has the case. I mean, he is the fourth highest paid guard annually, uh, a right guard specifically. But, I mean, it's a big drop-off. Ninth overall among just interior linemen, period. And we yeah. talked about when we did the offensive All-Stars, um, he was number one on ESPN's like interior linemen. And not that that's like, you know, the biggest, you know, bartering chip. But like anywhere you look, like any kind of ranking or rating or Madden thing or whatever, like he yeah. is at the top or the very top or the top, whatever. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I mean, kudos to Zach for being cunning enough to recognize they have a lot of contractual situations they have to sure. handle now. So, like, yeah. you know that like now's the time like you know they don't they don't yep. have room to be patient with you if so if you want this done um good for zach martin but again i don't want to talk about this a lot and then it gets dated one way or another so um well, let's I just tell you real quick that you know lindstrom's at the top of the market there at 20.5 zach martin's only at 14 so there's a gap and also yeah i think that is an interesting point not so much for this year but kind of like how there was a lot of talk last year about this 2023 eagles offseason is going to be interesting with all these free agents coming up i think that's kind of like what the cowboys have waiting for them after this year but of course we have a lot of time between now and then uh, last thing, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about the new Broncos helmets that came out. I saw a tweet right now. Apparently, they're going to be worn with their all orange um, get-ups. Yeah. Do we feel better about that? It looks like the browns too much to me. The helmet I, itself is good, but like the, the blue isn't coming through, at least in the photos that I saw. So it almost looks like the dark blue yeah. uh, is black, and it kind of just almost looks like a browns uniform. So I don't love that part, but I think the helmet itself is good. And I, th I thought about like, well, if they wore white pants, like with the orange tops, then maybe get on board, but then you're just Virginia Tech. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, I, like everybody dragged the Colts black helmet, which is objectively cool. It's not good. Um, but well, but like the whole ensemble, you just look like Kentucky or Duke or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you, you just that's and like also, if everyone's doing a black helmet, like not every <laughs> team needs to do the black helmet. Right. Uh, well, the Broncos didn't. But OK, uh, it's not even a Colts color. That doesn't even make sense. It is actually um, a Colts color. Um, it's the, the really. color. It is. It's their third yeah. color. That's technically true. Yeah, but I mean, like, you don't think of that when you think of the Colts. But that's it's not in their main logo. It is. It's technically Where? it's it's their third the color. Every team, every team has three. If you look at the Nike check marks on all their jerseys. They're black. Where is the black in the horseshoe? That is blue know. and white. It's okay, not there. We have to, look. I I will concede that, but it is like every team has three kind of like colors that are a part of their like pastel whatever. Like, they do um, black, but there's some black in the eagle logo black, itself. Black is technically a Colts color. That's all I'm saying. No, um, it's not. Anyway, uh, not so we we don't have a lot of positions to fill out when it comes to players. Um, you advocated for a long snapper, which I'm fine with. We do it um, every year. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So we have a long snapper, a kicker, a punter, a returner. Yeah. That's it, right? In terms of players, yeah, as far we're not as doing punt and kick return as previously mentioned because kickoffs right. are basically almost eliminated now in the NFL. Almost, not entirely, but almost. So I just figure like one returner uh, is the way to go. I'll be clear right now. I don't have a passion to take on any of this, but um, I mean, we Come do on. do it. You can't uh, <laughs> ruining the show. 
No, it's I'm all not. about passionate takes. Uh, so who's like who? You're the one advocating for a long snapper. Like the, the Cowboys have a new one. I'm so like I don't. I, I saying, like, see, I, see, I kind of like to look that up because I, I I found that Rick Lovato, the Eagles long snapper, who was a Pro Bowler. Right. Uh, he's been with the Eagles since Week 15 of 2016. He's the longest Boom, tenured guy. Uh, okay. Giants long snapper 2020, Commanders long snapper 2021, and then the Cowboys this offseason. Uh, rest in peace to not actually dead, but left uh, Jake McQuaid. So yeah, Rick Lovato. Boom. Um. Okay. Um. Great. Uh. That we have a long sniper for this team. Let's move on. You want to do kicker or punter first or returner? Let's do punter. I'm going to go with Tressway here. Uh. He had the eighth best average in terms of net yards last season, forty-two point nine. He was NFC Special Teams Player of the Month for October. Uh. And he also was a Pro Bowler for the second time in his career. I think you can like make the case that maybe Brian Inger had a better season, but I think you have to go to the body of work. And I'm going to go Tressway. Uh, well, Brian Anger was a pro bowler two years ago. He had um, these points are a little subjective. He had the longest punt last season, like not just of any NFC East punter, but of um, like all punters. Yeah. But again, like some of that's all of that's situational, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you have to be in a position to be able to punt that far. Um, and he also was the highest ranked NFC East punter in terms of yards per punt. But again, mm-hmm. um, you've got to be in, like I, the, the Cooper Rush weeks really helped out Brian Anger. You know what I'm saying? Like in that capacity. Also, um, the commanders don't really get much. I feel like this is kind of throwing them a bone uh well i have some commanders love uh later um mm. but i'm i'm fine um with uh with tressway like i said I, I don't feel passionately about this so congratulations tressway good name uh, for a punter uh agreed uh for kicker uh, if you allow me i'll go first um i don't know if you do feel passionately mm. about jake elliott um jake elliott did not attempt a lot of field goals in 2022 because the eagles offense was so outstanding um both jake elliott and graham gano if we want to throw mm. a bone towards the giants here they both missed two extra points in 2022. So their percentages aren't equal, you know, because Jake Elliott obviously attempted a billion more. Um, yeah. But uh, Graham Gano, they both missed three field goals. But Graham Gano was 29 of 32 as opposed to Jake Elliott's 20 of 23. Um, I think it's Graham Gano here. Again, like mm. I, I prioritize field goal kicking. Um, you should obviously be an extra point kicker. But like that's like if I have to have a kicker who's better at one, I care more about field goals than I do about extra points. So my vote is Graham Gano. And again, well, throw the Giants a bone. Definitely not someone from the Cowboys. We know that. And it's not Joey Sly. I don't I don't even know who their kicker is going to be at this point. Exactly. They have two That's on their point. roster at the moment. Tristan Vizcaino and Brandon Aubrey from the USFL. And then we'll see if they sign um, Robbie Gold. Uh, or Mason Crosby or whatever. Or yeah. whoever. I think it's tough. I think it's really close. Uh, Gano was uh, two points ahead of Elliott in field goal percentage when I was looking at PFF's numbers, at least. But then Elliott was 2% above Gano in extra points, kind of like you alluded to there. They both won one NFC Special Teams Player of the Award uh, a week award last year. Graham, go no. But Graham, go there you no. go. How about this? Here's the kicker. Pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jake Elliott was the top-graded kicker on kickoffs. Well, Gano was twenty fourth, no. which I know it doesn't matter as much, but doesn't still, matter. well, we're, we're here to score how points. About this: the Giants' kickoffs resulted in the third worst average starting field possession last year, whereas Jake Elliott had the second most touchbacks in the league. Also, Jake Elliott is at twenty eight, while Gano is going to be okay. That's great. This he season. can be he, he can be the kickoff guy. That's I think fine. You have to go. Who has made far, more big kicks in their career? Clutch kicks. I think you have to go Jake Elliott. Who has the longer career? That's the longest tenured, you know, kicker here. Graham Gano is 35 years old or 36 now, I think. I don't know when his birthday is. Oh, yeah, exactly, it's plenty but, of tenure. He's um, in the center of his season. He's 28. Again, the, the fact that Jake Elliott missed three field goals and he only attempted 23. Like, he didn't that miss is, three. I think he had at least one, maybe two blocked, and it wasn't necessarily okay, but like like, a low kick. They it were, was just like a really good block. Like, And also, well, he, kicked, um, he's he has kicks nails. that are susceptible to being blocked. 
I mean, no. how do we know he's nails? He didn't have any like how many high leverage kicks he's did he have last year? Kicks throughout his no, career. I'm, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying his career. But like we've said before, there's a heavy slant on 2022, and it's not like there were high pressure moments for Jake Elliott in 2022 because the Eagles were blowing everybody out mostly. It's Jake so, Elliott. Graham Gano, baby. All right, congratulations to Graham Gano. It is time for the coordinators. This was a lot easier he didn't than do I the thought. Return it was. guy. Oh, that's right. Um, my vote is Cavante Turpin. Yeah, it has feel... to be because yeah, he's everybody. really the only guy who does kicks and punts. Brittany yeah. Covey wasn't too far behind from him in terms of like a numbers perspective, at least punt. Uh, Turpin was at 10 yards per return. Uh, also, by the way, Turpin was tied for the NFL lead in muff punts. Part of that is because he did a lot. It's still uh, kind of an issue to kind of monitor there. Um, but Turpin can do both kicks and punts, so you have to give him the edge. I'm very interested to see how he's used on offense starting if now he even obviously. makes the team right like that's, that's he's on the lock well that's what i'm saying like when the when the rules change this offseason um you know to like again inhibit you know returning kickoffs um he was asked i don't know if it was at otas or exactly when but he was asked and he was like i'm still going to bring everyone out and it's like respect <laughs> on the bravery but like that may not be the smartest decision you know what i'm saying um so can't bring him out if you're not on the team and he's not you know, he hasn't really been involved on offense, and that's not all his fault. So that's what I'm saying. I'm just very interested to see what his role is um, and if the Cowboys do carry him. Because um, if, if they – you know, this isn't quite like, you know, spending a fourth overall pick on a running back level of, like, you know, living in the past. But, like, you know, the returners are, are kind of a thing of the past. So, again, we'll see. Um, okay, our players are set. It's time for coordinators, all three, uh, a GM, a head coach. start with head coach because I think that kind of impacts what else I want to do. It doesn't me. impact mine, um, but I, this is the longest discussion to me. That's why I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to save it. Um, well, no, I, 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 McCarthy. I am, but I have some information. <laughs> this is okay. so like, I, I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to have the big discussion and then like sweep the other things under the rug. So that's why I think we should build up to that. Um, if you are okay with that, please. So offensive coordinator, I think it's got to be Mike Kafka. Like, like what is the argument for anybody else? You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, people the, are going to be like, the enemy is better. And I just, I cannot it's, it's, give. It's unproven. Like I like, know, dude, I agree. Like, Mike Kafka is literally the only one who's done this job before. I agree. And I just, like, I really cannot get over that the enemy chose Washington of all places. And it was pre the sale happening, by the way. It was still when, like, Dan Snyder was there. Oh, that, by the way, has also happened officially since sure. we last recorded. Yeah. Just as expected. Um, which you think is dumb that Josh Harris is, but it's also not I think dumb. it's the dumbest thing ever. To yeah, but you're about. not, you're so missing the point on that. Um, it's a, it's a huge conflict of interest. Right. Everyone who is ever involved with the Sixers has to passionately. The love Sixers the right. are potentially like avoiding, you know, like the luxury tax and the apron anyway, and all the so stuff it's Mike Kafka the owner plus, is buying other teams. Plus Mike Kafka, I mean, like made. You lemonade. would hate that if Jerry Jones was like not giving not every edge whatsoever. possible to the Cowboys. If I he wasn't giving every, if all. he wasn't giving every single edge, what do you mean if he wasn't? Like the he's Cowboys? the he's one of the most like renowned dudes for doing that. Like, like that's like that's what I mean. That's the, what I'm saying. The, but you would the guy not like put, if he was not doing the that. The guy won't put curtains up in his building to help his football team. So what do you mean? Like I would well, not I don't be, know. It, whatever. I mean, that's anyway. There's a difference between so dumb and Mike Kafka's moment, dude. You're ruining Mike Kafka's moment on the mixtape. Mike Kafka, I think, is the guy. I also there's kind of a bit here for long, very incredibly long time bgn radio slash bgn uh people followers where i did like a fan post this is p pre me even writing for mm. the front page at bgn where i'm, I'm passionately uh made a plea for mike kafka to be the eagles backup quarterback uh in 2012 instead it ended up being nick Foles. kind of worked out okay for the eagles but um yeah i think kafka did a really good job with daniel jones 
was the guy calling plays. Uh, and also, with my setup, I think that, because I'm going Sirianni, spoiler alert, Sirianni doesn't call the plays. I think Sirianni is best served as wow, a CEO what a great type. Quality of a head I think if you take McCarthy here, you have to take the play calling into account, and I think that's weakening slash neutering your offensive coordinator a bit here because you, I don't think you're taking McCarthy and not having him call the plays. He has to. If he's calling the plays for the team for real, he has I'm fine to do with it in this situation. Okay, but then you're neutering Kafka, I think. I mean, again, part of what benefits Kafka here is that he's the only one who's done the job. That, I mean, like, it's I, I, I think he's earned it, but if Kellen Moore or, you know, Shane Steichen were both still with their respective teams, would they both not have the edge over him for, for this discussion? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, that's what I'm it saying. It would be like, Steichen if Steichen returned, obviously. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, so some of the benefit towards Mike here is just that he's the only one who's, like, been around <laughs> and he hasn't even been around long you know what i mean like that's the crazy part well it's uh, not it's, brian schottenheimer and i think brian johnson is intriguing but it's just you know it's not a proven it, this thing is yet. this is a open close situation discussion um so congratulations to mike kafka i also think defensive coordinator is very straightforward this is dan quinn yeah. like there's no even close second right now there isn't but the division potentially has some other good coordinators i don't like jack del rio for multiple reasons but like you know the the commander's defense has generally i think played well relative to its talent level for the most part um they could do worse uh what's his name i'm blanking on the giants defense wink wink martindale (laughs) um i think kind of has like some ups and downs but i think you could do worse certainly a defensive coordinator and sean decides a complete unknown we don't really know anything about him yet so we'll see how that goes so yeah it is dan quinn by default uh dan quinn is arguably the best defensive coordinator defensive play caller in the nfl like who who would challenge him right now um it's tough i mean so um and the fact that he is you know like, I think you would rank if, – if you ranked th- all 32 head coaches, like, I think you would feel better about Dan Quinn than maybe, like, two or three of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, the fact that he is technically, like, uh, in the 32 best coaches in the NFL, like, regardless of position, um, again, gives him the edge here. So, congratulations to him. Special teams coordinator, I promised I had some love for the commanders. Oh, I didn't even I, do that. I know we were doing that. Well, you know, wow. Way to look ahead. Uh, I don't think so you said that. I thought it was going to be John Fossil. Like, just, no, like, look ahead is a different podcast. The, um, the highest-ranked special teams – in the division Washington? last year by DVOA wow. was the Washington Commanders. Who's so their special teams coordinator? <laughs> Nate Katzer, uh, spelled K-A-T-Z-O-R. Nate Katzer, uh, this is your moment on the mixtape. So congratulations to you. Who is that? I don't even know who that is. He's the Washington special teams coordinator. What do you, I mean, you know, so. I don't know. I've got yeah. nothing. Who's That's, like, I mean, Tressway, okay. Who else on the commander? Oh, Jeremy Reeves. He did he, Jeremy Reeves, uh, former Eagle Commanders player. He did make the um, Pro Bowl as like the special teams representative. So I guess that's kind of an argument technically in his favor. I'm I'm picking to be very clear here, Nate Katzer, but I think um, because I've learned to lean into John Fossil and his like aggressiveness, but like I'm I'm against it in some respects. Like with Kevontae Turpin being like, I'll bring you know the kickoffs out no matter what. You know what I mean? But like. I, the, the Cowboys were so mundane from a special teams perspective that like now I'm like, I'll take aggression all day long. You know what I mean? Like I, like I'd, I'd rather live on this end of the spectrum than the other. Uh, but still, Nate Katzer is my choice. The GM, super straightforward. Howie Roseman, like who's coming close to him right now? Joe mm-hmm. Shane. <laughs> what? Like, although Joe Shane oh, just yeah. won. You tell me, against, how, would you rank the, how would you rank the division uh, um, GMs behind Howie? I mean... <laughs> If, if we're putting Will McClay in the discussion over Jerry Jones, then I think it's, it's Howie Roseman, Will McClay, Joe Shane, and then, you know, Washington is not really. Ron like Rivera slash Martin. Yeah, Mayhew. that's what I'm saying. Like, um, 
and again, like Will McClay doesn't seemingly get enough love in, in moments and contexts like this. Um, but he's the name I would put here as opposed to Jerry Jones. I understand Jerry Jones has the title, but Will McClay is the person who we can entrust with this operation. Uh, but still, like, you know, he's, he's not Howie Roseman. Like, Howie's resume speaks for itself um, yep. in terms of very recent NFL history. Um, I have always been a, a Howie, you know, believer, obviously impartial. I mean, you should be. Um, well, I know, a but you're the, he was not good, and you should like that. You're the one who has hated on him. I the one. I am the one who always knew that he was great. No, I mean, he had a bad time. Though. You hated on. Howie, the one you thing hated can on be true. Hurts. You hated. He had on a Nolan. bad post Super Bowl run. He absolutely did. It wasn't like he was right all the long because he made good moves later. He made bad moves, and then he made really good moves to fix those bad moves that he made. The only person I will say that you have objectively believed in from day one, even before day one, was Devontae Smith. Smith. Yeah, that's the only one. <laughs> that's the only one I'll give you credit for. That's uh, not true. There's but, other guys. Uh, anyway. Uh, so congratulations to Harry Roseman. So like spoiler for the head coach thing, we're going to be disagree, but I did want to at least talk about this. Like, I don't have, I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. Did you say owner? You said owner? Owner is Jeffrey Lurie. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, there's, uh, although I kind of like no, John Mara, John Mara, I'm, I'm, it's Lurie right now, but I appreciated John Mara and his like, this stinks for the fans about the, what was it? The Thursday night flex scheduling. Like that was, you know, some cool points for John Mara yeah. at the very least. Um, Josh I mean, Harris. owner though. Josh Harris. I mean, why not? Um, sure. So are we at a point now um, where every owner in the NFC East first name starts with a J? Jerry Jones, Jeffrey Lurie, Josh Harris, and um, John, John Mayer. Wow. Yeah. The owner of J or the J. I don't, I don't know. If it, I didn't even call it that. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, so, we're, I mean, we're just going to disagree. Like, there's nothing either of us are going to say that are going to cause the other to, like, change their mind. But I did right, want to so read through something, it. if you'll allow me. So... Uh -huh. Um, and I'll let you pick who you want to go through first. I have a list of all of the coaches Mike McCarthy yeah. and Nick Sirianni have both beaten and lost to over the last okay. two years. So who do you, like, who do you want to discuss first? I'll let you pick. I don't know. Just say what you want to say. Pick one. No, I want to go through the list. So pick one. I am declining to speak first. Well, pick one or else, I mean, we're just going to sit here and tell him. I don't know. Just more minutes. Tell, go pick you one. Do. Just do Mike or thing. Nick. Mike or Nick. We got to get um, all the coaches to have the same letter at the beginning of their first names, not to. I'm going to say you should do both. Um, 
I mean, we can go by seasons, I guess. Um, I don't know what you're even saying here. I want to look at the coaches and like the again. I think it's interesting that the coaches that that both McCarthy and Sirianni have beaten and lost to the same way we do the because what inspired me was how we talk about that with quarterbacks, right? Like you've talked about that many times with Darius Slay, the cornerbacks, or sure. the quarterbacks he's picked off, the quarterbacks that Jalen Hurts had beaten was a big discussion point entering last season and I think even through last season to some degree now. Although Hurts obviously proved himself beyond that, mm-hmm. um, but so I wanted to look at like this because we talk about it. Just say quarterbacks it. Just start quarterbacks. getting to it. Well, I mean, I was asking you to pick, and you didn't want to pick, so I had to explain myself even further. Um, I wrote down Sirianni first, so I can mm-hmm. go through him. So this is uh, these are obviously the last two years. All of the coaches that Sirianni mm-hmm. has beaten in 2021, Arthur Smith, Matt Rule. So wait, hold on. Sorry, you're comparing both McCarthy. You're not counting McCarthy prior to this. Like, I, these I are both 2021 on, right? Correct, correct. I didn't do 2020 for McCarthy. Okay. We can look at that if you want, um, but that was the Dak year. Like, well, I just mean, you know, it's not a – even comparison no it's not i mean but i i only had two years for sirianni so you know that's why but so you're right like anyway um so this these are all of the coaches sirianni has beaten in 2000 Mm -hmm. and in order in 2021 arthur smith matt rule dan campbell vic fangio and then i had like some doubt i was like was vic fangio an interim head coach like i couldn't remember um so that was a really interesting moment for me sean payton robert sala ron rivera joe judge and then ron rivera at the very end of the season um these are obviously most of the you know coaches he faced in 2022 he beat Dan Campbell, Kevin O'Connell, Ron Rivera, Doug Peterson, your boy, Cliff Kingsbury, Mike McCarthy with Cooper Rush, Mike Tomlin, I would say is maybe the most impressive here, although Tomlin, you know, didn't have a great roster last year, whatever, but still impressive. Lovey Smith, Jeff Saturday, who was an interim head coach, Matt LaFleur, also impressive, Mike Vrabel, Brian Dable, Matt Eberflus, Brian Dable, although that was the week 18 game, uh, Brian Dable in the playoffs, and Kyle Shanahan with no quarterback in the NFC Championship game. Do you want to hear the coaches Sirianni has lost to or the coaches Mike McCarthy has beaten next? This is so long. Just get to your point. Well, these are the coaches Mike McCarthy has beaten. Okay. From 2021 on. Brandon Staley, Nick Sirianni, Matt Rule, Joe Judge, Bill Belichick. Well, that's the point. That's the whole point of the discussion. Bill Belichick, Mike Zimmer with Cooper Rush at quarterback, by the way, Arthur Smith, Dennis Allen, Ron Rivera, Joe Judge, Ron Rivera, and Nick Sirianni in that week 18 game in 2021 that was not exactly real, but whatever. Uh, and then last year, Zach Taylor, who is a much better coach than I thought, obviously. <laughs> Brian Dable, Ron Rivera, Sean McVay, your boy again, Dan Campbell, Matt Eberflus, Kevin O'Connell, Brian Dable, Jeff Saturday is the interim, Lovey Smith, Nick Sirianni with uh, Gardner Minshew. Mike Vrabel in a weird week 17 game where the Titans were kind of punting Todd Bowles in the playoffs. And that's it. So these are the coaches much shorter list that Nick Sirianni has lost to over his Eagles career. Kyle Shanahan, Mike McCarthy, uh, Andy Reid, Todd Bowles, Rich Bisaccia. They both lost to the uh, Rich Bisaccia. (laughs) Brandon Staley, Joe Judge, by far the worst name on this list. Mike McCarthy, uh, again, in that week 18 game, which was weird. Todd Bowles. Uh, Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy again, Dennis Allen, and then Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. The coaches that Mike McCarthy has lost to, Todd Bowles, Vic Fangio, Andy Reid, Rich Bisaccia I mentioned, Cliff Kingsbury, probably the worst one on this list for him, Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs, Todd Bowles, Nick Sirianni with Cooper Rush, obviously a quarterback, Matt LaFleur, Doug Peterson, Ron Rivera, and then Kyle Shanahan again in the playoffs. So, I don't have like a point. I just thought this was interesting context. <laughs> I don't have a point. You're just saying well, names. Well, I, I think Mike McCarthy's list is... Well, here's a point. How about a point for you? He does... Mike Mike McCarthy does not have a loss as embarrassing as the one to Joe Judge. Who were the three AP NFL head coach of the year finalists in 2022? It was Doug Peterson. It was Brian Diebel. It was Kyle Shanahan. What was Nick Sirianni's record against those three coach of the year finalists? I'll give you a hint. 
It was a perfect 5-0. and What was Mike McCarthy's record against them? Oh, it was 2-2. Two and two. Furthermore, head coach rankings. You look at any kind of rankings. Obviously, these aren't gospel, but you look like across the board. Like any kind I of outlook. I don't think any head any coach kind of ranking. No, there, you, you know that there is no head coach ranking. Let that me make is my point. Objectively I fair to McCarthy. Talking. Apologies. Anyway, PFF, Sirianni at eighth, McCarthy outside the top 10. CBS. Eighth now? Sirianni at I'm, 12. I have a question. Sirianni is eighth now by PFS standard? Yeah. Wow. CBS, 12th, McCarthy, 19th. Patrick Dartry, who I think does like the best job probably with coach rankings each year. Like he puts a lot of those write ups are right. always really good for Red Bull World slash NBC Roto Sports Pat. Edge. Agreed. Um, yeah, he does a lot of in the GM rankings too. I think those are always very like well researched and thought out. Sirianni eight, McCarthy at twenty first. Cowboys win total twenty twenty two. Projected over under. What was it? Do you remember what it was? Wait, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Their twenty twenty two projected win total. The Vegas oh, over under win year? total before the twenty twenty two season. Do you remember I what would... it was? Nine and a half. It's ten and a half games. They won twelve. They overachieved their expectation. Deserve credit for that. What was the Eagles' projected win total? It was nine and a half. What did they do? Set a new franchise record for wins with fourteen. Yeah, against way some bad overachieved the expectation. And bad quarterbacks. Way over. It's a franchise record. It's not like this easy thing that just happens all yeah, the time. Not exactly a rich franchise. Nick Sirianni history. in his last thirty-one games and the thirty-one games here because this is when the Eagles kind of like figured it out. Next year on his rookie head coach. Only the, only the last speech. 31, because that's when they've been really good. So the 31 the last games matter. also dates back to when the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy had the, I guess, the second buy of his career. Um, it was his second season. They had that buy. His first full season with Dak healthy. Last 31 games. Nick Sirianni, sec- 23. What, what is the second buy? I'm sorry, but go ahead. Sorry. I mean, like, his like it was the bye week for the Cowboys. It was his, like, first Full season with like a quarterback who was healthy and starting the whole season, normal season. Anyway, uh, 23 and eight for Nick Sirianni. And one loss came not trying in week 18 and 2021. At the same time, you could say the Giants didn't try in week 18, 2022. So that's fair. Two of those eight losses, 23 and eight, were with Gardner and two starting. Now, obviously, you know, Cowboys won some games with Cooper Rush. So McCarthy deserves credit for that. They won four McCarthy, games. Well, they've won five over the last two years with in the Rush same starting. stretch is 20 and 11. So he's not terribly worse off, but he is three games worse off. Nick Sirianni led the NFL in aggressive index. Mike McCarthy was 12th. That's as determined by football outsiders. That's going for it on fourth down and being aggressive, giving your team an edge, which I think a head, a head coach needs to do in part to be a good head coach. Uh, and again, I like in this setup specifically, you have Sirianni being the CEO type where Kafka is the play caller. I also think you need to account for improvement. I think Mike McCarthy, who he is at this point in his career, is largely who he is. You, Nick you, you have, you have Nick penalized Sirianni Mike McCarthy in the past for not being well. a play caller, and now that is like a, a pro in Nick Sirianni's category. That's silly. That's hypocritical. It's not silly. I think there's a, why, a sea why, why has in Mike the McCarthy, NFL. Why was Mike McCarthy as a CEO figure last year a bad thing, but now it's a great thing for Nick Sirianni to be? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. For you McCarthy. just, you Cowboys did. You always success. said, what what advantage does Mike McCarthy offer? If he's not calling plays, there are hours and hours and hours of you saying that, not just here on the mixtape, but all throughout the SB Nation universe. So how come Mike McCarthy is this independent figure who's not calling plays is this worthless bum, but Nick Sirianni doing it is a perfect corporate CEO? I think there's a value in delegating. And I think Sirianni is clearly- oh, Mike McCarthy never got that. right. 
I mean, what has McCarthy done for the Cowboys? What has he what do really mean, done it? for them? We, what has he I, really done for them? What has he really accomplished? Where has I, he got them? Has he gotten them over the hump? Have they evolved under him? Has I, he given them an edge? Do you really if, feel confident they're finally going to break if through you're with him? About it, this is going to be the guy who gets them through this glass ceiling that they haven't been able to break for so long. This is the guy. You're putting you're all your eggs in this it, basket. If you're obtuse about it, he has he won the Super Bowl? No. Has he gotten to the NFC Championship game? No. So if like those are your obtuse like expectations, he has not gotten them over the hump. But we has talked he about it. He can get there. You like, asked the question. I'm answering it. You, you asked the question. They went four and one with Cooper Rush last year. They are five and one in games without Dak Prescott just over the last two years. Even in 2020, while they were six and ten overall, I mean they were still they won games without Dak Prescott. That historically had never happened. And again, I've said many times. Mike McCarthy being better than Jason Garrett is not like reason to throw him a parade, but like that was something that Mike McCarthy's predecessor and every predecessor that he had so far, except for Bill Parcells could not accomplish. We talked about this many times. The Cowboys won double digit games last year and the year before and back-to-back seasons. It's super pathetic, but it was the first time they'd done that since 1995 and 1996. They were a playoff team in back-to-back seasons for the first time since 2006 and 2007. They would have won the division in back-to-back playoff seasons, if not for what was literally a franchise season from the division rival Philadelphia Eagles. So, like, has he gotten them over the hump? No. But he has absolutely done so many things that this franchise has not seen, which is pathetic. But, I mean, yeah, I believe in that more than I've ever believed in any head coach since Jimmy Johnson. And, again, I mean, like – Did the you standard- miss where he got outcoached in his last two playoff losses, like, really badly? I, I mean, I don't think he got, like, severely outcoached this past game. He I absolutely mean, or the, did. The, I, I'm not saying he didn't, but like the fact that he did doesn't mean it was severe. And plus, he he's gotten his two playoff losses as the Cowboys head coach are to like one of the best coaches that we have seen in modern history, who Nick Sirianni has beaten, although not with yes. a quarterback under center. I mean, oh you gosh. know, Kyle Shanahan with Christian McCaffrey is not exactly the same fight as Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy for that matter. But still, I'm not trying to say Nick Sirianni has accomplished nothing. That's what you're trying to say. Mike McCarthy's done nothing. Again, Mike That's McCarthy. That's not what I said. Mike McCarthy has survived said a, a lot of things. He survived his. We, we just sat here and said how Howie Roseman is the best GM, obviously, that this division has to offer. Jeffrey Lurie is the best owner that this division has to offer. The offense that we obviously assembled a few weeks ago was littered with Philadelphia Eagles. And Nick Sirianni now is being praised for not even like being a part of any of this. Like, oh, Nick Sirianni is the best because like his awesome GM and his awesome owner and his awesome players are doing all the work. He's not even calling plays, which is something that you have held against McCarthy in the past. And now you're using the prop up Sirianni. The win total again, nine and a half games. How can you not give him credit for that when they're I'm expected not, to win? I'm not, nine not half giving games, him credit. 14, That's the difference. I, I think Sirianni's a very good head coach and like he's a walking meme, he, but he, he is was like he's so close to winning the, the Super Bowl and beating Andy Reid. Like that's not they the didn't, scenario, they didn't. but it's like, but it's like, can you reasonably envision him winning the Super Bowl in this that's modern not era? This not back in 2010 when that happened that, all that time ago. And you had like arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Find me the loss that is as bad. That Joe, that Nick Sirianni has as against Joe Judge. That Michael that McCarthy is not had. on him. That is just it's oh. not, that game. Watch that game. Taylor Hurts had the worst game of his career. He stunk. He played terribly. I don't know okay. how that was supposed to be on Nick what, Sirianni. What is what are Nick Sirianni's flaws? I think he's not aggressive enough. Even, but that probably more speaks to uh, you know a league wide thing because literally he is the most aggressive coach. But he in the Super Bowl when there's a chance to go for it on fourth and six, he says, "Well, I don't." I, I thirty two out of thirty two coaches go for it there. Uh, and I just think that's such a loser mentality. You're trying to be one of 32, not 32 of 32. So I would say that's one of them. Um, I would say that uh, I'm interested to see how his intensity kind of lasts over time. And that's, look, that's a pitfall for Sirianni. I want to say 
the intensity. To... I'm I'm asking like the the meme, like the the caricature. Is that what you're saying? Like I'm asking. Yeah, there are because there's coaches in all types of sports. Like Doug Collins comes to mind. Different kind of thing, but for the Sixers, like the the kind of coach Doug Collins was was like he would come in to a bad situation and he would bring all this energy intensity and like it would be like immediate short term gains, but then he would get burnt out and the players would get burnt out. It, it wouldn't it wasn't sustainable. So I think you can wonder about that. Um, I'm not drawing a direct comparison. I do say, I do want to say, like, I think you have to account for improvement. Like, this is Sirianni's second, like, what he did in his second year is really impressive. It's possible he gets even better. It's also possible that, um, like, some quarterbacks in the NFL, other coaches, that's a flash in the pan. And there isn't sustainability, and he only drops off from here. You know, Doug Peterson, for as much as I love him, dropped off to some extent after winning the Super Bowl in his second season. So that's certainly something that works against them. But I also think you have to acknowledge in the same vein, the upside. There's upside here. I think McCarthy at this point is largely who he is. There's enough of a big sample size here to suggest he is largely who he is at this point. And it's fine, but I don't think you're getting over the hump with him. And I think you're not giving enough enough credit by saying he's not the top coach in the division right now. Like, what is he, what more did he need to do? If so, if he won the Super Bowl last year, would you, would you be willing to put him on yeah, top? Yeah, that's a, there's, that's oh a big, gosh, that's was, a big if. But like, but like they didn't, what was the, they didn't win the Super Bowl. gigantic difference? Dude, dude, okay, but is they, there, is they, there a they lost to an that, all-time that the head coach, unfold that says, we almost beat, we came super close to beating. Like, if not for the holding We're penalty, not giving we them a Super Bowl won. title. They We're didn't putting them as the head coach of the NFC East team. They didn't win it, though. That's the thing. So he doesn't deserve to be head coach of the NFC East team because of that? I'm Again, like, it's something for that. You can't give him credit. No, what I'm saying is you can't give him credit for winning the Super Bowl when he did not win the Super Bowl. You're trying to retroactively give him credit for winning the Super Bowl because they... I'm not giving him Almost credit. won it. They were they so did not close. They lost. And Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl. That, you're ta- you're okay, talking yes, about in like 2010. You're, and so you're talking long ago, about the, the whole of Mike McCarthy though. As a, Mike McCarthy won the Super Bowl as a play caller. He's a play caller now. Like you held the play calling against him. Like, oh no, what are we going to do if Mike McCarthy's calling the plays? I'm not saying like it automatically leads to that, but like again, you're only assigning the demerits for his Packers tenure to him here, and none of the credit. And and you're saying and and again. Mike McCarthy. If I has wanted a wild card team, I would pick Mike McCarthy. If I wanted Mike McCarthy Bowl, has not. objectively improved every season that he has been the Cowboys head coach. To your point, Nick Sirianni oversaw what was literally the greatest season, regular season in Eagles franchise history. And, you're, not, and there's no the, credit for that. Not the, I'm not not giving him credit, but you're you saying he, you're no, saying but he's you're saying the best coach I, in the division right now. You're saying he might improve. How could he possibly improve over what was objectively the best regular season that well, an organization yeah, that has been on. around for all this time has ever had? The odds of that happening are almost zero. Uh, of but, him like, actually you know what I'm improving. saying there. You know and, I'm not saying that no, they're going to go 15. No, you're the one who brought it up. No, come and on. So you know I'm Nick not Sirianni saying they're going to get has what like we define to be the best GM wins. in the division. He has the no. best owner in the division. He has many of the best players in the division. Both of his coordinators are now head coaches in the NFL. Mike McCarthy's coordinator who left him, Kellen Moore, is not a head coach. Kellen Moore has interviewed many, many, many different times, and he has never gotten a head coaching opportunity. And yet we're sitting here and we're not giving Mike McCarthy any credit for the offense or anything like that whatsoever. So again, what what is Nick Sirianni doing if the coordinators are so great and the GM is so great and the owner is so great and the players are so great? What I mean, like, putting what is, together what is a Nick coaching Sirianni staff is them? part of being a head coach. Like putting together a good staff that other people like and bringing good minds into your so why has Mike McCarthy part of the never job gotten of the head coach? This, then? My, again, I've oh, heard you just said many, he doesn't deserve credit. I, I've heard Moore you many times say coach. that the fact that Mike McCarthy is not calling plays makes him a poor head coach coach but now it is used as one of the calling cards of Nick Sirianni's resume
I'm I'm interested. Why it is it is it works that's against or has I'm worked saying. against McCarthy in the past, but it doesn't work against Nick Sirianni now. That's just not you. You just think like literally. That's the truth. No, gives, no it's not the truth. That's what, because play, play back any episode of the mixtape. You have penalized Mike McCarthy for not being a play caller. Text stats right now and ask him. That's what you have both said. The fact that he does not call plays is why he is not a great head coach. But now, well, Nick Sirianni doesn't have to call plays, so he's awesome. He's a CEO. That was like what? You're what making does that up mean? This, like single issue. That's just also it's a not massive true. issue. He like you're saying the head coach has to offer something. What does Nick Sirianni offer if he's not calling plays? I think the Eagles vibes have been great under Sirianni oh. for the most part. Is that not true? Is that not true? Is that you wrong? You just said that that might that fall apart. That you I do agree that, well, that it might a fall long, apart. I'm not saying it's a, like a red flag now in terms of like it's bad now. I'm saying that is something I wonder about long term. Right now, though, it is good. That's un, that's like un, inarguable. I am not going to. It's also his mind. offense. Just and like I would say, it's well. It I don't. Can't I don't be his know. Offense. See, if he's not thing. calling the plays, if he's not no, the that's coordinator, not true. it's not. I don't. His I can't speak intimately to the Cowboys' like operation. That's part of why I'm criticizing McCarthy too in the past for it. If I have, if when I have, is because I don't know their operation as intimately. I know that Sirianni and the process that they have, like they're putting the plays in, and it's Nick Sirianni's plays to some extent. And it's changed like in calling those plays that Sirianni. Is that how the Cowboys are doing it with, with McCarthy? I, I can't told you that. that. Maybe it Mitt, is. I told you and Jimmy that when he was on for the dumpster diving episode and you were both killing the Cowboys for hiring Brian Schoenheimer. And I said, all Brian Schottenheimer exists is as somebody to install Mike McCarthy's offense. Oh, well, Brian Schottenheimer's Jets sucked. Oh, Brian Schottenheimer with the Seahawks. They sucked. So you want to like put all of this on that and not, you know, apply the same benefits here. I mean, but oh, with if you know, McCarthy is doing the same thing that Sirianni is doing, then he absolutely deserves credit. But I don't know. I He's can't, done I that in the that. past. What How am mean? I supposed to know that? I don't know that's the Cowboys Mike process. McCarthy How do oversaw... I know it's not the offensive coordinator doing everything? I don't know. I don't we know agree. the Cowboys like that. We agree that Kellen Moore is one of the better offensive corners in the NFL, right? We agree that Dan I mean, Quinn is one of the better. They were last year and they we... fired him. No, I'm talking over the whole of the last two years, three years even. We agree that Dan Quinn is one of the better defensive, if not the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. Yet you, you, you want to give you want to give Nick Sirianni credit for well assembling a whole staff. Why does Mike McCarthy get no credit for assembling a staff that includes Dan Quinn? When did I say he deserves no credit for that? You have always penalized him for again. What does he do? Dan Quinn takes care of the defense. Kellen Moore takes care of the offense. I mean, so again, what what does Mike McCarthy do well? I asked you what were Nick Sirianni's good flaws. Hires. Good job for him. <laughs> He didn't hire Kellen Moore, just for what it's worth. Uh, he didn't That's true. Kellen he was Moore. before. Well, he stuck um, with him. He did just some level of credit for not saying he wants his own guy until now, which is we'll see how that goes. Um, neither of us are going to change our minds, and I'm fine with that. I think we're both fine with that. Um, I mean, obviously, listeners are going to feel whatever. I did. You You're know, a McCarthy homer. You absolutely are. I'm not, I'm a not homer. even a serious. You I, are. I'm you not a homer. Are. I, I defend been. him. I've always I, been. You compared him to Andy Reid when he got hired. It's like the dumbest. He, comparison. he was. It was a very no, similar situation. Not. And Andy Reid. No, pre- he's not at all. Andy Reid's no, reputation in Kansas City pre Patrick Mahomes was the clock guy, right? The, the guy who can't, between Andy Reid and that, Philly. Is that not and true? McCarthy is, and Green is, Bay. that not true? People used to drag Andy Reid for clock situations. Prior to Patrick Mahomes' arrival in Kansas City. And so it was a similar situation in that sense. Somebody who had a lot of success elsewhere. Mike McCarthy had more in Green Bay than Andy Reid had in Philadelphia and found a new team. Andy Reid himself at the Super Bowl where they beat the Niners compared Mike McCarthy's situation because he had just been hired to what he had experienced in Kansas City. Right. And he's not true. He said that. What do you mean it's not true? Andy said that himself. 
Andy and, did not flame out in Philly the same way that McCarthy flamed well, out in Green Andy, Bay. It's okay, then the your argument thing. is with Andy Reid, not with me, because he's the one who said that, not me. Okay, and, just because someone says something and like, just because the, the person involved says it, that's ridiculous. This is how far you move the goalposts to not give Mike McCarthy any. There's credit. a fraternity like, with coaches. What's he going to say? Like, oh no, it's totally different. He's so sucks. like, at what at what point are you willing to give Mike McCarthy credit? If Andy Reid is willing to, well, what do you oh, mean? BLG says no. Okay. BLG says Andy Reid lied because they've they're been a solid team. Cowboys have been a solid team that's still can't get over the hump just like they've been for what since the mid 90s okay all the credit See, like, in the world now, to Mike now we're just for be, failing now we're to do being anything outstanding meaningful. and saying these like things that are obviously what has he done again, what is he what do you mean what has he done so we've had the same conversation see like with so what McCarthy you, like, his what whole, whole status what do you want me to say what has him? he done what do you want me to like what do you want I want you to say he's one of the better I don't actually I don't want you to say anything I've said all I need to say about Mike McCarthy so you want me to say he's the best coach in the division because he hasn't taken the Cowboys anywhere they haven't been before meanwhile Nick Sirianni's going to the Super Bowl have the Eagles has Nick Sirianni taken the Eagles anywhere they haven't been before has he done that because that's that's the measurement you just said that Mike McCarthy had to accomplish what what has Nick Sirianni done for the Eagles they had never done years they haven't gone to the NFC championship now the point has changed now okay so it's a it's a ding on the Patriots where Bill Belichick goes Back to According the Super to you, Bowl, you're the one who and said Mike hasn't been there before. That's not what I meant. You know what I mean? Anywhere they haven't you're been before. My words, you're twisting the meaning of them. I'm not twisting them. They're, you they're your words. Are. Nick Sirianni hasn't done anything with the Eagles that have, hasn't been done in very recent history. In fact, some of the like most prominent members of his team that were outstanding last year were yeah, prominent members like on the team that actually the won the Super Bowl, Bowl team and went back to the Super Bowl. That's not true. That's not. They went. Do I need to relitigate everything that happened from 2018 to 2020, where then they were picking what? Right, and how we how we rebuilt the team that Nick Sirianni inherited. He rebuilt the team that he also destroyed. Good for Nick Sirianni being in the right place at the right time. I do think this will be a very fascinating um, season for both these coaches, and that it will yield the like, what is Nick Sirianni really doing? Thing the like discussion I've raised. And, oh, Mike McCarthy's now the play caller. The offense is amazing or it sucks, right? Like, they'll both be somewhat under the microscope in ways they haven't been in the past. Um, let's get our songs. Let's get out of here. Uh, Rachelle offered hers. Uh, she said it is Glamorous by Fergie. G-L-A-M-O-R-O-U-S. Yeah. That's a great uh, remix on the uh, Super Mash Brothers album. So, um do you want to go first? Do you want me to go you first? Go. I'm trying to pull mine up so I get it right. Uh, I'm headed back to California. Second time this summer. I'll be there. I mentioned it. Um, so I wanted a very California-themed song. I already did Yellow Card and that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm going with friend of Blog and the Boys, Micah Pushell, his band, Iration. Uh, he is a 49ers fan, um, so yeah, I don't hold that against Push. But uh, they have a lot of great songs. I highly recommend Iration. It's just like an overall jam, overall vibe. But this song is too good to be true. That is uh, the letter or the number two. And then all caps, G-U-D, so too good. And the U has the umlaut on the top. And then the number two again, the letter B, and then T-R-U. Too good to be true by Iration. I've not heard that. At least I can't think of it if I have. I do think um, you'll enjoy it. I have – a lot of people liked my song last week, by the way, the um, yeah uh, instrumental song. So shout out to everyone who commented on that, including my dad. Uh, shout out to wow. dad. Shout out to dad. Um, all right. I'm going with – Training camp's back, you know, it's an exciting time of year. NFL is back. That's so funny. 
like the amount of times every offseason someone says the NFL is back because you just say it at every like stage. It's like I, I said right. that on I said that on Monday Football Monday. Like the, there are several versions of the NFL is back. Like training uh, camps training, here. The NFL is back. Training camp, all of eight, yeah, preseason, regular season, week um, one game, like the kickoff game, Thursday night, NFL is back. But then the Sunday, or, first actual Sunday of the NFL, NFL is back. Or um, even like way before all that, the first day of free agency, like Happy New Year, the NFL right. is back. You know NFL what I mean? Like back. so, the draft, NFL right, is right, back. Right. Um, a big trade maybe out of nowhere. NFL's up, oh, and like, training camp has even started. There's a big trade right before camp. NFL's back. NFL's just always, it's always back. It's back multiple times a year. Um, so sticking with the theme of being back, uh, I'm going to go with Return of the Mac. Parentheses C and J extended mix. That specific track which I'll send to you. Um, so that can be added to the playlist. It's an extended cut of that song. There's a little uh, piano intro intro that leads in as opposed to just getting to like the main part that everyone knows. I think it's the buildup is fun. There's also like a little bit of um, I don't know what you call it necessarily, like a DJ solo in the middle of the song with like, you know, like the record scratch. Like the, yeah. So it's kind of like it's fun. I think it's a, it's a more fun, longer version of the song as opposed to like in a radio edit or whatever. So there we go. One of the better commercials in recent memory, the Burger King um, commercial that featured that song. That is one of those like, it's like I can I can close my eyes and like imagine like walking in somewhere and it, you know what I mean? It like being on. Exactly, um, like an entrance it, song. Yeah, you're hyped up. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a great Put song. Put that on in the morning. Like, like, I think that's a good, like, you know, you're waking up in the morning, you're excited, training camp's back and you're feeling good. Uh, appropriate given our spirited discussion here. Return of the Mike Mac McCarthy. There we go. <laughs> that's terrible. All right. Episode's uh, over. <laughs> I just want you to always remember that you picked that song because it was Mac. Because you, you had Mac on the on the brain, on the mind. Big Mac, Mike McCarthy. I think that's kind of weird how we give credit to like Mac with MC. Like there's no A there. You're just you're just saying that. Also, you mean, here's you mean how little... we, we take like the MC and call it Mac in some yeah, context? Yeah, like there's like, no A. Yeah, I used to call Mike McCarthy Mikey Mac, to your point. Um, like you know. I, I get why it happens, but like there's no A. We're just adding an A. I don't know why we're we adding the A. What's the what's the connotation of McDonald's that has Mac in it? I guess a Big Mac. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like people call it like Mickey D's, the Golden Arches. Um it doesn't really have like a Mac sometimes. name. Yeah. Here's another little shower of thought for you quickly. You know the phrase like throw cold water on something? Mm-hmm. Does that really, do we really need to specify like cold water? Because I was looking up the origin of that phrase and I guess there was some element of like splashing it on someone to wake someone up. But there was also like, which I thought and was my problem with it, like putting out a fire. You don't need cold water to put out a fire. Mm. You just put any water. If you had hot water, if you poured hot water on the fire, it's still going to go out. It's it's a lot of water, I'm assuming. So I I, I think the, the phrase pour cold water on something, it sounds cool. It doesn't sound bad, but like, what are we actually saying? Yeah, I mean, like, I get what you're saying. Like, just pour, you could just pour water on something, like, right? Like, yeah, what, what would hot water, water those not rumors. accomplish? Right. The cold water would accomplish. Why is it cold right. water? Like, why does that matter? Like, if it's a, a fire, it doesn't matter if it's cold or what, right, what temperature right. the water is. When you started that, I kind of was going to disagree, but like, you, you, you landed the plane. You brought me in. Um, my favorite like expression with water is be water. I love that. Like, I love when, when, but I love when it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, uh, people used to say this about the Cowboys offense in the past, like, just do what you're good at, like, be water, like water will oh, find the way. You know where escape. that comes from? I mean, I, I would imagine like just the general like laws of physics. There's um, actually a good uh, Bruce Lee talk about uh, being water, be shapeless. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Be water, my friend. Um, wow. Okay. I'll read it let's, to you. 
Let's leave, and as we do... Be like I water, making its way through cracks. Do not be assertive, but adjust to the object, and you shall find a way around or through it. If nothing within you stays rigid, outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. Um, as we leave, I would like you to tell me your favorite way that you enjoy water in your life, whether that's in a cup, to drink it, in ice, in a body of water. Um, we're looking for number one on BLG's water list. You want a brand or like the what do you? No, no, no. Like the way you experience it, whether like it's in a cup or like in a shower, in a pool, like in again, a shower. Like, like I'm drinking water out of the shower faucet. No, 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 no. Not even drinking. drinking. I get it. You're just yeah. It's should do a water draft. Um, hmm. I really do like. I think the top form of water is swimming pool at the beach. Very specific. Not just any swimming pool. Swimming pool at the beach. Not swimming in the ocean. Maybe after the, swimming, ocean. Swimming pool. Yeah, swimming. after the ocean, you come in, it feels really good. Yeah. Well, I don't really care when, but at pool at the beach is like top notch. Um, I'm going to go very different with my answer that you didn't ask for it, but um, a power washer. There's just something to feeling like really powerful wow. with water. You know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't water. used one, so I can't speak to it, but that's a, probably a good answer. Say the word water and we leave. Water. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 